My friend. Hello. Hi. How are you? Um, uh, great. Long time no talk. Just hanging out <laughs> in my basement. In the basement. <laughs> if you can um, hear it in the background yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also in the basement. <laughs> this should be from like basement studios. <laughs> from basement studios, Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> um. So today's episode is about mental health. Yeah, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I. Uh, I I'm really comfortable talking about this stuff. So. I guess trigger. I'm just gonna trigger warn you right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is not for people. This is not for people like us. <laughs> no, I mean like, I we're gonna hit on a lot of things, but like even people who don't really get it, uh, I think this would probably be a good episode for them to listen to because it's a struggle. It's a struggle having people with mental health issues in your life. I understand that, and I kind of feel bad for people who don't get it. But I also yep. am annoyed with them, and <laughs> um, this is going to be kind of a, you know, telling our history and our life story about it, and then and it's going to not be pretty. So parts of it, yeah, and uh, some some things will be things that you think should be nonchalant are going to be nonchalant. Yeah, and so if so you ever need a that. trigger warning, <laughs> this is it. It's all-encompassing trigger warning. So yeah, and that's the last time I'll ever say that. <laughs> We and each of us covenant and promise that we will not reveal any of the secrets of this, the first token of the Ionic Priesthood, with its accompanying name, sign, or penalty. Should we do so, we agree that our throats be cut from ear to ear and our tongues torn out by their roots. Search, ponder, pray. Is this the place? Um, so do you want to, do you want to start or shall I? You take it away. I, I did, um, let's see. I did, I did last week's episode, uh, Plan of Salvation. So I'm, <laughs> okay. you go ahead. <laughs> so, um, initially like, uh, what's wrong with me for the past, I don't know, 25 years, I've just had like severe depression and suicidal ideation. Um, it started, you know really early because I walked in on my dad like trying to kill himself um my mom he was on drugs pretty bad my mom has borderline personality disorder there's there's a history of um mental illness in my family and then added combined with all the small town rigmarole and the religion and the generation um that I was raised by (laughs) It's just, it was kind of a perfect storm of shit going wonky. And I mean, we'll, di- we'll deep dive into everything that happened. But uh, when I was uh, a five, my mom's mental illness kind of started to come out really hard. My dad was going through a lot of shit. I did walk in on him trying to kill himself, hanging himself um, when I was five. <laughs> and it never really got handled properly. So I just always had in my head that that was a solution. Um, from, from a very young age. So that's kind of where the suicidal ideation came from. (laughs) Um, as we go on this journey, things will change, but I have always just kind of been a moody, sad girl. (laughs) Um, but also like super hyper and like fun and I can make anyone laugh. 
Yeah. Um, but that's pretty typical, right, for people with depression. That, um, the mask, you mean? The... I don't yeah, even know trying if it's to make ma- people laugh and like hurting inside. <laughs> I don't know if it's a mask or if it's just like, I don't want people to feel like shit, you know? Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your initial thing? <sighs> what the hell is wrong with you? This, is that the question? <laughs> <laughs> Questions without question marks. <laughs> um, God damn. Uh, I would say a lot of abandonment issues. Suicide ideation that started around 13, 14 mm-hmm. and has not stopped. And um, undiagnosed attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. And that. just fucking being neglected. I think that's what's wrong with me. Yeah, neglect and that PTSD for as a result of that. Like, I have that yeah. too. Where it's just yeah. like... A lot of shit went down in the childhood that kind of like, like malnutrition, <laughs> happened to be an adult too soon, being exposed to uh, dangerous and unhealthy things uh, at, at an early age. Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> also, there's nothing wrong with you. That was just kind of a <laughs> lots um, is wrong with me. <laughs> but yeah, so when 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 did things start going? When you were 13. Um, did things just kind of start to collapse? Like you just like couldn't take it anymore? What's going on there? Um, I would say like, okay, I'm going to definitely go into this on like our Exodus podcast, but like just shit felt like I felt like I'd ever belonged anywhere. And that all started from like dad's not being around, dad's leaving. And when I was six years old I moved from Cedar City to Monroe maybe I was seven six or seven moved from Cedar City to Monroe and then like six months later the daddy that I had that was my little sister's dad I think he'd been around for you know like three years three and a half he just like left and took the car and like my grand I we were at my grandparents house and my brother and I were just like sitting on the couch looking out the window watching him drive away and saying like daddy don't go and sorry that was a surprise that (laughs) got me teared up I know I hate that shit you brought me with Kenzie earlier uh, daddy don't go and I think that's when like severe abandonment started happening and mm-hmm. um, I kind of just like went introverted and like wasn't f- like myself anymore because I remember being like s- ADHD so wild so like outgoing and friendly and accepting of others and that's like when I kind of shut down and my first friend in elementary school um, was like, I felt like my only friend for a long time. Shout out to Julie. Thank you, Julie. Uh, hey, her birthday Julie. was two days ago. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ooh, You Julie. collect Tauruses, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. To all the Tauruses in my life, you know who you are. Hey, we really me. do connect <laughs> really well. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think that was where it started. Um, But 
definitely like got misdiagnosed ADHD for depression. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I, think that was, I think that's really common too. I, like the more yeah. like the more I talk to like my friends and stuff who've struggled with one thing or another, it really just comes down to ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and how like, it's misdiagnosed in women all the or girls all the time, <laughs> right? And it's like in the past year or two, everyone like all like the chicks around us <laughs> have finally gotten diagnosed properly. Yeah, but we've been like we're th- I'm turning thirty three next week. Like that's a long ass time to be struggling. Like yes, and not and being like I'm doing everything that I can. I don't yeah. know what the hell's going on. Nothing's yeah. helping. Like is this my life? I'm just <laughs> depressed. I guess. <laughs> I know. I guess it's just who I am. But uh, I think that like I have I feel the abandonment thing in my house, too. And I think it was the same with your house. There was not a lot of stability, especially in your house, because you guys moved around a lot. Yeah, we did. My mom and dad married and divorced each other twice. Once when I was five, they divorced. And when I was eight and my dad was on drugs and he was a long haul truck driver. So he was like not home a lot. And when he Mm -hmm. was home, it was turbulent. Um, and we never had money <laughs> we were all in or food or anything. Yeah. So like there wasn't a lot of stability. I was always on edge. Um, I was always worried. I had burdens that were way above my age group, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. I, I worried about like the power bill at a very early age. Right. Like, yeah. and the, like, I don't know. I exactly like where's your rent coming from because we always had to move because rent or like our house was gross or dirty and like I, I don't know yeah yeah and like your our grandparents were like the safe haven yes yeah even though like th- I mean they were they were less abusive <laughs> I'm not even saying my grandparents were I mean there's elements of abuse but it was like a way less abusive uh arrangement to be at your grandparents house <laughs> yeah your mom and dad's house um, so I, uh, as far as like genetics are concerned, my mom has borderline personality disorder and mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of depression and weird mental health stuff on my mom's mom's side. Mm-hmm. My mom's dad's side has a lot of anger and stuff. Alcoholism too. I think yeah. my dad's side's pretty normal. There's depression. Like there's one person with depression and one person, like a few people with addiction, mm-hmm. but, uh, a lot of like, a lot of, I think, what the issue is with everyone right now is that it's just generation after generation after generation of yeah. unhealthy people raising yes. each other. Yes, 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 yes. And, like, our our grandparents, grand, like, my grandpa, I he, he's part of the silent generation. His dad um, barely missed the wars that he, the World War One and World War Two. My grandpa barely missed v- Vietnam. Like, so there's, like, some benefit like i'm not saying benefit i'm saying like some grandparents are dealing with uh war generational trauma and feeding that into their family but my family really didn't have that yeah my dad either yeah, yeah like my mom my uh grandparents well like my my dad's mom was like rosie the riveter like she put together like uh planes in california during world war ii wow um but other than that like all my grandparents missed every war and so did my parents like my yeah. dad was too young for vietnam yeah you know the only one who's really served is my brother like in a, in a like during an active time because they missed 
which I guess serves its own problems. I know my grandpa was angry because he was the only, <laughs> like, he was the boy that had to, like, drop out of high school to take care of the family when his yeah. parents died. And I think my mom's family, her and her siblings were spoiled, but also not getting, there was a lot of, like, mental warfare going on in that house. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They weren't necessarily getting beat or sexually abused, but there was some shit going on there that, like, affects them to this day. It's, like, crazy how it still affects them so much. Like, one of my biggest goals in my mental health discovery and journey is to not be 62 like my mom is and so fucking pissed you know what I yeah. mean like so yeah. crazy emotional maturity emotional intelligence being able to trace your feelings manage your feelings let them happen let them go like yeah <laughs> right and it's like we're in an ever-evolving society right so it's like yeah each generation is hopefully less violent than the last you know like there's a lot of like hope (laughs) in it but there's like a lot of like war zones that we had to endure to get i guess to where we're at even though i feel like i'm like a fucked up person (laughs) like like i I feel like i'm never going to be like not damaged but i'm working towards like patching up my broken pieces with gold yeah (laughs) i feel like that too um i think in my family um there isn't that war stuff but like my great-grandpa went through the depression and like i think that kind of trickle trickles down into the form of hoarding or like saving everything hoarding is huge and like i'm not judging my grandparents for keeping like a basement full of um treasures but i am saying that like i don't want to be that kind of person like i often let things go and let it be part of my past and like try not to hold on to too many like quote heirlooms you know what i mean right well there's and there's then, a mental illness for hoarding and I'll, yeah. I'm gonna let you finish we'll get to it but yeah. <laughs> i think also that with my grandparents there's a lot of undiagnosed maybe depression with my grandma with my grandpa probably um adhd um and my mom definitely adhd undiagnosed because like or maybe autism not sure uh because how many women in your family do you think, and I'm thinking about this myself, suffer from undiagnosed postpartum? Oh, all of them. Like Every of single them. one of them. And can that last a lifetime? I'm not sure, but I think it can definitely, like, trigger a domino effect of other things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. Like, the stories I hear, like, birth, birth, birth just became, like, a civilized situation recently. <laughs> like, right. American civilization took it, like from like they people did it at home and then they got like super stringent and like no one like you know like women got knocked out the men weren't allowed in there <laughs> like yeah my grandma there's no still like born. there was no like women's support system around them no i've watched the uh the i think Mad it's Men episode sex the- explained oh. with um <laughs> on netflix with uh what's it called it's i think it's called birth or babies incredible oh. episode uh just like but a- yeah just the about the loss evolution. of like the support from women and in that time and our grandparents went through that our moms went through that um i think also my mom you know like i said undiagnosed adhd or autism because like my grandpa tells stories about how you had to 
explicitly explained things to my mom. Like she, we were moving. Uh, no, not we. My grandparents, when my mom was little, were moving. Like maybe she was like six, seven, eight, nine. And like they had packed everything in the house, put it in the car, got in the car to drive away and said, bye house. And my mom was like, we're moving. So like, oh, sh- how old was she? Young, like a kid, like old enough to realize what should have been happening, happening, but she didn't yeah. know. She freaked out. And it's just like, um, I think that's just a big ass clue as to like the undiagnosed stuff that my mom has because no, she does like autistic, have right? that, that seems yeah. a little autistic right yeah yeah <laughs> she does have a laundry list of things that she has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder ad uh depression um anxiety also she sees a commercial and she becomes diagnosed with or She's gets the symptoms from that yeah. yeah so there's like a lot going on there and when she was a teenager um, she was checked into a mental health hospital. I, th- nobody knows why, because I don't get the right stories, but, yeah, but isn't that, that's like a huge issue. Yeah. Like, like that's, thank God for our generation where we're just like, okay, let's talk about it because yeah. there are a lot of unanswered questions in my family because people are just like, oh, it's not proper to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my father actually met my mom in the mental hospital and I found that out this year and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, things are starting to add up because number one, my mom was in a mental health hospital. Number two, my dad looked at that woman and was like, ooh la la. So like these two people, no, no, he was a friend of somebody who worked there, I think. But like, yeah, like (laughs) I don't know anybody that looks, goes to a mental hospital to pick out their wife, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's my health history coming into me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and for a non-health thing, I guess it's health. It's, it's just not related to me. My mom has had 11 concussions. That Whoa. She, that started when she was like three. She fell out of like a diesel. I also, <gasps> I also fell out of a diesel when I was very little, but luckily my teeth caught me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, but my Why mom... wasn't your mom in a diesel? Oh, because your grandpa runs a trucking company, Yeah, right? and I was in a diesel because my gra- my dad was a trucker, and they were cleaning the truck, and I was standing on the edge, and I just fell out, and my two, my two bottom teeth caught on, like, you know how there's, like, that great stair grate shit on diesels? Uh-huh. <laughs> my teeth caught on that, and I was hanging from my teeth. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> so I didn't have my bottom two front teeth for, like, till I was, like, 13. Oh, my God, Bobby. <laughs> Trigger warning. I already did. I don't even care. God. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, my mom has had 11 concussions and like, it seems like she's probably had more. I've, she and I don't really communicate. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. But uh, I also don't know if it's just how she was raised or where she was raised or when she was raised. She's a huge mm-hmm. narcissist too, which mm-hmm. is hard. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, throughout this, it's important to know that my mom has had 11 concussions, maybe more. And Maybe that's why she was violent, but she was very, very, very violent. Yeah. So wow. she says she wasn't, but she was. Wow. <laughs> so oh. this uh, obviously is a Mormon-related uh, podcast. Right. So, adjacent. <laughs> Mormon adjacent. What uh, do you remember when we were growing up and stuff, like how the, Mor- the Mormon response to having, like, depression or anything like that? Uh, yeah, well... 
like on my mission, there was a bunch of. You're always bragging about that goddamn mission. I don't know if I've mentioned, but I was a missionary. She, she went on a mission, guys. I don't. I don't know. I went on a mission, did. and it was in Chicago. I'm gonna brag about that for the rest of my life. Um, that is cool. I, I want to go to Chicago. <laughs> I just want to live there, but like not. I don't know. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Mormon response to uh, oh yes when you're on your mission depression yes so so many you guys this is ADHD welcome to it (laughs) (laughs) so many missionaries did get really depressed and why are they really depressed Um, just like from an outside perspective probably because they're isolated from their families they're put into a strict daily regimen of um, pray eat sleep be with somebody that you might not like for 24 seven, no freedom, no music, no secular music, no like, I mean like, and then you just, you know, you're just walking around sweating all day. So a lot of missionaries <laughs> do not get love? <laughs> depressed. They've lost their um, usual support system and they're just like fucking sad. Um, I can't imagine being a missionary in COVID, by the way, my neighbor, his son was supposed to go to like, Africa? Are you shitting me? And he's stuck in California in an apartment being a Facebook missionary, which I find disgusting, but I don't know. Well, they were going to send my cousin to Scottsdale, but that is not uh, Africa, for Christ's sake. (laughs) No. I don't know where he was supposed to go, but I think it's Africa for sure. I'd probably rather go to Africa than Scottsdale, having lived in Scottsdale. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Isn't Flagstaff so nice? I don't know where Scottsdale is, but... Flagstaff and Scottsdale are two different animals. Scottsdale is where the LA rejects go, so there's a lot of bad plastic surgery, a lot of money, a lot of people who are entitled. It's bad, and it's really hot. Flagstaff is like Navajo land, and it's like high up elevation-wise, so it snows there and stuff. Rad. Okay, I'll go there. But yeah, Scottsdale, no, no thanks to Scottsdale. You have to temper chocolate before the sun comes up or else you will fail the class. <laughs> oh, my God. It's that hot. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, the response from, like, mission presidents for depressed missionary was this scripture. Oh, fuck. I'm going to pull it up. I mean, from an outsider who didn't go on a mission, and I'm an outsider in that respect, I think, like, I had that depression just transitioning going to college so I can't imagine, because I feel like most of you didn't want to go. <laughs> no. So you yeah. had you had that guilt, and then it's that first move out of out of the house, um, and yep. then there's all that pressure on you, and then it's like, who, what, what teenager wants to be doing that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I guess yours wasn't your first move. You went to college a little bit, but that probably made it worse, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the response from my mission president was this scripture: Second Nephi. Chapter 5, verse 27 has nothing to do with the rest of this um, thing, but um, it says, and it came to pass, fuck, I already fucked it up. <laughs> and it came to pass that we lived after the manner of happiness. That was his advice. Live after the manner of happiness um, what so do it was like fake until you make it? Yes, it's exactly that. Uh, wake up on time. That's going to give you happiness. Be obedient. That's going to give you happiness. Uh, preach the gospel. That's going to give you happiness. Take care of yourself. Like search, ponder, pray, develop a relationship with the Lord. And those things are going to make you happy. And it, it wasn't 
ever going to work. I think the reason why that that only reason why I mean like yeah, but like I've told people to fake it till you make it too because sometimes it is just the mindset you're just in like a negative mindset. Sometimes, yeah, but Not, also like, <laughs> but like, there's other ways like um, chat with your friend. Yeah, and, like reach out to someone. You have a support system. Like yeah, or yeah. go on a walk. Go on a color walk where you pick a color and then you go on a walk and find ten things in that color. You know what I mean? Like oh, I've never even heard that. I love that. Oh yeah, I'm on TikTok, girl. <laughs> um but you know what you're saying is correct because i feel like the same thing with non-missionaries because like my one one wing of my family is super mormon and i would tell the mom who was my aunt i was like yo your kid's really depressed you better like help her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she would just be like she just needs to run more or um she was really embarrassed that could be the small town aspect of it which was another question i had like is it, oh yeah you know like it kind of they kind of blend but like um especially for us since we experience <laughs> both in one place yeah but like i also feel like being a mormon and having that like just try harder sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. made it a million it just that is the actual response and it makes you feel so much worse because it's like not only do i feel like hell i'm a failure because I'm not doing this whole eternity thing correctly. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just something like, wrong with me. me. Yeah. Yep. There's something seriously wrong with me. Yeah. And that's kind of the last thing you need to feel when you're down, like hitting the downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like someone, not good enough. Not gonna someone be good definitely enough. could have grabbed you at the top of it instead of, you know, built you a ladder eventually, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like, that's very frustrating to me because while it's the Mormon advice, it's not really healthy advice. No. And I think it also happened, especially like while we were growing up, that fake it to make it mentality. Also like toxic positivity was like really brewing good vibes only. Like that was happening while we were doing that too. And I feel like I need so many girls with like, Oh, that cause like in Utah, the wood things with the sayings on them. I think it's fucking it's infiltrated the rest of the world, I think, but I think it started in Sevier County. Oh, yeah. With 12 timbers. 12 those timbers. bastards. Well, they have a sweatshop in the Philippines now. Um, yeah, well, my grandma worked in their sweatshop in southern Utah, so. With my brother's ex who got, anyways, there's a lot of things. But anyways, I can't tell you how many uh, the girls I know who have the you're never fully dressed without a smile. Oh, my God. Right next to, like, their mirror that they get ready for or, like, the last thing they see before they leave the house. <laughs> And it's just like, that's really toxic positivity. I thought I loved that for 0.10 seconds, 0.10 of a second. Well, you think that because it's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. And I loved Annie growing up. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And it's like, but then it's like, no, I don't need to to smile for you all the time. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And also I am fully dressed without clothes on. That's yeah. (laughs) I'm fully dressed now. (laughs) But like, I mean, like I get why like because i love annie too and like i i remember a time where i was like oh that's cute but then after like it's like i that's just saying smile just make sure yep. you, it's that facade thing that mormons are yep that facade. so famous for damn <laughs> and it's just like i remember my mom asking me what happened to my little girl who was so happy and i was like you, you know her. you were there yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you dumb bitch like you know yeah. <laughs> um but the the Mormon thing is definitely just like search, ponder, and pray. Like d- dive deep into the scriptures. Yeah. Like, dive deep into your calling. Live after that, that manner of happiness. Yeah, 
And then I feel like the small town response is more of the go running. No, yeah, I rub some, some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the physical activity definitely is. Uh, it does. It's a way to get serotonin. But um, there's also times when intervention is necessary. Yeah. <laughs> but in a small town sense, I'm not saying the doctors tell people stuff, but there's always a leak in the doctor's office. Or People are fucking gossips. Yeah, people gossip. People are nosy. <laughs> and a lot of the time it was like the parents were more ashamed they, they felt more sorry for themselves that they had a child with this affliction than worrying about the child's actual affliction you know, yeah they, they they're like oh my god i have to go to this mental i mean my mom what did i and do I, what did and I my do brother so we frequented central valley health services or whatever the shit was that building yeah. next to maverick we were always going in there. I was f- so fucking embarrassed to be seen going into there. Why does it have to be on, on Main, Main Street, Street. For, first of all? Right next or people to the are fire driving by too. and people <laughs> and could be like, oh, I saw you going into that building. And I could be like, oh, yeah, my mom goes there because she did. But also I was going there. And it's just like ugh, in small town, everybody knows fucking everybody's business. Mm-hmm. So... And I oftentimes, like, feel like people were overly intrusive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, looking back on it, I'm, like, grateful. But at the time, I just kind of wanted to, like, I needed to, like, crawl into myself and not entertain folks. So, like, like my cousin, I wanted to just, like, be left alone. You know, like, I was just straight up clear about that. And I was yeah. just, like, and my, like, sister was posting about it on social media. And everyone in town was freaked the fuck out. <laughs> and This I, was during your... This is lowest a, point. This is during a time where I was like, I, I had like a nervous breakdown, and I okay. kind of like I like went off social media for a while. I finally went and saw like a doctor and stuff, but I was very, I've always been kind of pretty. I've been trying to be open about it. Like I used to hide it all the time, and then I got to a point where I was like, fuck it, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I started to be more like, just this is what's going on. Uh, I'm tired of like the fakeness. The facade mm-hmm. really bothered me, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like. In this point in my life, I was just like, I need to kind of just be like a left alone. Like everyone wanted to hang out. And I was like, I'm just depressed and I just don't think we will. So don't take yeah. it personal. That's what's going on. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that time because A, I got comfortable in that boundary because I had to. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> like I had to tell people no. And, um, but people wouldn't really allow it. Like my cousin came over just to check on me and like knocked and knocked and knocked. And I was laying in bed. <laughs> and when you're like depressed, dragging yourself out of bed it's impossible and then dragging yourself up the stairs while someone's knocking and knocking and knocking just so they can bring you a pepsi which was very nice of her and and just be like well what can i do well what can i do and it's like please just leave me alone i just kept going i just need to be left alone just leave me alone yeah you know what could have been a little more effective was just like a drop it off at the door send a text message i left you a pepsi i was thinking of you I'm going to be around the area for the next half hour if you want to talk. Well, I mean, we live like two blocks away. So it's like, I'm talking oh. about, a ve- I'm talking about a very small town, Pingwich. So oh. it's like, and like I'm related to most of the town and like everyone was terrified that I was going to die. Like I was going to kill myself and I get that and I appreciate it, but I'm also like, I can't fake it for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been doing this for a really long time for you, for everyone. I don't know for why I'm doing it, but I've been doing it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I can't do it anymore. No. So respect that I care enough about you all just to be like, yo, when you see me around and I'm not my usual bubbly self, this is why. Like, it's yeah. not you. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah. But leave me the fuck alone. 
yeah. you know and people just like weren't having it but like even like the Josies who are like some of my best friends they would not let me wallow <laughs> like, yeah every once in a while I had to put my foot down and be like I need to be alone but like I'd just be like sorry guys I'm depressed and they're like fuck you just come over you can be depressed with us we don't care yeah which they let me be their Eeyore which I also again really appreciate because I didn't have to put on a show you know yeah. I, didn't have, I didn't have to wear pants at their house like wow <laughs> you know like they were just like like uh Caitlin would the second I like because I was very like didn't like to be touched didn't like to show affection didn't like to like sit with people and she'd be like Alvy, take off your pants and get in this bed right now we're smoking Aww. a bowl <laughs> like she would like make me and I've been spending a lot of time with her lately and it's been like reminding me of like how much she she just, helped she just was really patient yeah yeah, yeah. she and, was there which is a huge benefit of a small town but yeah also a lot of people weren't very patient you know but i at least people were i knew people were there and they cared and i never have to wonder people are always telling me all the time that they care yeah. which is nice I don't think you get that in a big city, but it can no, be. No, but we have enough on our social circles. Like, that's one of the reasons I keep my social media is because I do have the special people from across the country that, like, I right. I keep it, those tabs on and touch bases with. Yeah, um, I think with do you always... What? I just my... wanted to ask, like, do you always feel supported in your small town? Because, like... In my ward in Annabelle and, like, Monroe, like, all the wards I ever bid to, I always felt like an outsider. And I never thought that I had, like, any one true person that I could actually talk things through with. Um, I think to a certain point, even though I had the facade, I was shedding it really early. So I've always been, like, pretty real, mm. which has people made people, like, be drawn to me. <laughs> And even as an attempt to get rid of people, I'll be over, like, I'll, I'll overshare something or I'll be too gloomy or something. Mm -hmm. And somehow it doesn't, no one, it doesn't waver. People don't waver. So. Oh, is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, uh, so I don't really know how to explain it. I didn't think I had, I thought that. I had people, but I thought I had condition. There was a condition on a lot of people's love as far as the small town was concerned. Mm -hmm. And it took me leaving and kind of throwing everything away and just being like, okay, it's all conditional because in my family, love is very conditional. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. So I just assumed that was kind of the gig. So I kind of threw everything in the small town away for a while. And I'm at a point right now where a lot of people, it's come back around where it's like, oh, they were, just, everyone was always there. You know what I mean? Mm. <clears throat> so it's, weird <laughs> like it's weird like i they're like salt of the earth people a lot of them um a lot of them are republicans <laughs> god damn it and a lot of a, a lot of them most of them are mormons yeah but the, again this is why this is not an anti-mormon po podcast i'm not anti-mormon yeah. um but i i yeah i feel like i feel like i've always had support but i feel like there has there have been parameters in the support sometimes like if yeah. i get too if i go too far people get uncomfortable and that's just their mm -hmm. shit that's not my shit but back in the day i felt like it was my shit but um yeah i'd say yeah but you did you didn't maybe i, I feln't like i had to keep it a, i feel like i had to keep it a secret maybe more than anything 
Yeah, I definitely was like, so I moved from South Severe to Richfield. We've talked about it. Um, but part of the, part of, I'm getting like, we've been talking and talking and talking about our past for mm -hmm. five months now. Yeah. And like bringing up old shit and it just feels more and more like. I've buried it. I've buried it. Right. Yeah. And I'm scratching the surface, scratching the surface. And it just gets a, it's like a wound that gets a little more tender each time. So please forgive me if I'm getting emotional over something that sounds like I shouldn't be getting emotional over it, but like, no, don't apologize. Cause honestly, like I was thinking about that too. Cause I'm like, we've done this mental health episode. This is our fourth time or is our third time. I think it's our fourth time. <laughs> the first one. It was very not recorded well and all over the place. It wasn't structured correctly, but it was like the easiest one we did. <laughs> so I'm actually kind of wondering if the reason why we've had to do this so many times is for us. Because we weren't being real. <laughs> well, no, like the universe needed us. Like, because I know what you're saying, because it's like certain things like that didn't bother me before. I'm like, that's that bothers me. Yeah, that's a little tender. <laughs> this is tender yeah. now. And like, it brings back a flood of emotions that I just. Do you think it's like a good thing or a bad thing? So that I could be happy. What I was trying to say is like, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think you have to be tough when you are in situations like you and I as a kid. Like mm -hmm. we, we did what we had to, to survive. So I'm not going to call it bad because we're here because of it, but right. just still is like, no, I'm wow. saying, do you think it's a good or bad that we're like like the, it's tender like do we need to leave it alone do we need to do this another day no like, no 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 we're good like are we are we I just, eating a dead horse like because <laughs> like i no, hope I, I, just ho think... I hope to god this is our last time because it's it is getting like draining it's like getting yeah. like where yeah. you're just like holy shit you know and i remember new things i think this is gonna be yeah. the one because we're in the right spot. We're in the right place. The audio's right. <laughs> so, right. But, um, and we're going to get it's into more right, shit in the future. Sake. Like this right. is not, this is not the last, but, um, I just feel like it takes me back to when I was a kid and like mm -hmm. how it really did hurt. And like the, the feeling of helplessness a little bit. Yeah. You, and what I was going to say is that? like, um, when, I moved, I wrote in my journal and I was like, these are my goals. I moved against my will. I did not want to move to Richfield, but my mom was living in Richfield and she had arranged for me to ride with the reservation kids to South Severe. But then, um, I think the, the school district had a problem with that after a minute. So after like six months Why? of doing, or three months of doing that, I think it was because, I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm not going to speculate, but. All right. <laughs> um, so I was kind of forced to move to Richfield, leave all my friends. And I so I wrote in my journal, like, my goals for living in Richfield are make more guy friends. And um, I think I also wanted to be like prom queen or some shit. Uh -huh. You were watching a lot of Maid. 
I was watching a lot. No. <laughs> no, we weren't rich like that. No, no, no. I was looking at something on BuzzFeed that said everyone secretly wanted to be on Maid, and I'm like, it's fucking true, though. I wanted to be on, I wanted to be on Pimp My Ride. <laughs> you wanted a pool table in your back I just seat. wanted whatever was going to fit in my station wagon. Um, <laughs> but I also thought, like, okay, so what do people who get to be prom queen who are they they're popular they're happy all the time they are outgoing and so i took this list of attributes that i thought prom queens got and i just stuffed it on i like painted my face i like requested that i didn't wear any brand names but then i started being like oh no i just don't wear brand names i think that is like i'm not being paid to be a billboard so i don't wear brand names I'm not gonna wear hollister across my tits that are clearly bigger than the hollister shirts that are being worn but anyway so anyway i oh, made like a, that was like a strategy though i'm proud of you that was, yeah. that was, that was i was crafty. fucking broke and got all my clothes from ross because I made my mom drive to Provo so I could shop at Ross for something other than Walmart clothes or Kmart clothes. Dude, high school so, such a fucking anyway. trip. Dude, St- Stephanie used to phone. She pulled me aside in gym class one day and she was like, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, of course. She's like, she was about to start crying and she's like, can you tell that this whole outfit's from Kmart? <laughs> and I was like, fuck no baby girl you look so hot i'm like i'm sorry i didn't tell you earlier but you look great and she was just like thank you i knew i could trust you she's like please don't say anything i'm like i'm not gonna say a word like (laughs) everybody did not want to have the local clothes well yeah the kids that were rich they got to go out of the county to go clothes shopping every year I think that's like might have been something. So it was just like poor, we might have projected that on ourselves as poor kids, though. I think because like Maybe. you honestly could not tell that Stefano was wearing Kmart clothes. She always looked. Good. Oh no, I thought every single person went out of town, and I was the one shopping at fucking. No, so many of us were, dude. <laughs> like I would get my band shirts and my shoes at the mall, and everything. I'd spend my whole budget on that, and then I'd make two pairs of pants last me from Kmart the whole rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. so I could look like, I mean, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> high school's brutal. But a lot of the shit was self-imposed, but I know what you mean. But I like your strategy where you're like, I'm not a billboard. Fuck that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. But so what's, uh, your, what's your goal? Is to- all that to just illustrate that I was just facading the shit out of my facade, you know? But you were faking it until you made it, right? Yeah, I was faking it never made it's it like shoot for it. the moon at least if you miss you'll be amongst the stars <laughs> <it> yeah a hundred percent wrote that on my mirror in an expo marker <laughs> um i like the one that's like shoot for the moon at least if you miss you'll be dead <laughs> <laughs> more like, like right it's true um so girl your um microphone is like kind of sounding like it's skipping a little bit oh really is this better yeah yeah okay is that good yeah i think it might have just lagged yeah lagging sucks lagging um so let's talk about therapy in a small town oh (laughs) i'm not ready i've been getting fired up each and every time we talk about this and i get more and more agitated well, I'll just paint a picture real quick because I feel like we had some lot similar, and then you can fill your parts, and I'll fill. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you are poor and live in a small Mormon community, the 
church pays for your therapy. And if you're a therapist in a small town that does pro bono work for the church, you probably have had a cush life. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like my therapist was, it seemed like he didn't have any issues. He couldn't, he wasn't, he couldn't relate to us at all. And, uh, um, facade he, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. And his kid was in our grade and I, you went to that person too. Yep. Oh, oh, oh I'm, oh, he's, I he's hate the, you. If you're listening to this podcast, I yeah, I hate you. Too. Hate you. Yep. He yep, did a I lot of uneth he did a lot of unethical, unethical things. Like my mom wanted yep. us to go there yep. for um, because my dad was on drugs. Uh, mm -hmm. But we ended up talking mostly about her because she was the one we were with all the time and she was insane. And mm -hmm. instead of like I don't know calling child protective services, he told mm -hmm. my mom, and then she beat the hell out of us. <laughs> Like that gave her ammunition for like a year. Oh, Bobby, so, I did not know either. I did not know, or it has been like, yeah, ADHD away <laughs> that we had the same dude therapist. I'm so. I okay. mean, honestly, and I'm kind of glad it's the fourth time we talked about it because we have talked about it so much that I'm finally like getting like the things that we need to talk about out <laughs> instead of being all over the place because this was my first real uh thing with therapy and it made us all it it ruined all my siblings on therapy i'm guessing it yep. ruined you <laughs> a little no, bit no i'm the only one in therapy <laughs> but it well i know but what did it back. what did it take yeah, yeah like that's what yeah. i'm saying like i hated him i hated what he did i hated how my mom could manipulate him i was just like you're such a fucking like weak-minded uh -huh. motherfucker yeah like and i remember thinking this when i'm like seven <laughs> and yeah then I did kinda... not trust that man from the start. I was no. like, you're a weasel. You're Weasley. You're Weasley. And I feel like my siblings and I had to work together to not go back to him. Like we had to strategize and like plant in my mom's head that he wasn't any good because we went <laughs> several times and we would even do group therapy and he'd get mad at us for not talking. And it's like, we're not ever going to speak to you again. We're I not. Think one of us because, said that. I think yeah. one of us were like, we're never speaking to you again. Like you told you told on us. <laughs> like, yeah. We're not speaking to you anymore. Sorry. Yeah. And we got the shit kicked out of us. And you're like, we're just fine we're with it. We're still getting the shit kicked out of us for it. Your fake like, smile I... that you have cramps in your face from fake smiling all day. Well, you know, you're never fully dressed without a smile. So I guess it goes for the boys, not too. that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hated therapy. After him, I wouldn't go. I refused. My mom tried to send me to another one next to the school district building like on the same road as Pavant you know what I'm talking about it's on it's on my road do you know where my mom lives <laughs> no <laughs> but I, I know like, where Pavant is okay so it's like it's like on across main street um it's you go east like northeast and it's like a white building and they brought us in there and they were child psychologists but I was so burned by this other guy uh-huh that I just faked it the whole time closed door I was yep. just like, everything's yep. happy. Da, da, da. Yep. And I feel like these women could have helped me and my family, my siblings, mm -hmm. but we were all like, don't say a fucking word. Like we, I remember us yep. cause we, it was like four blocks away from our house. We'd all walk together and we'd all be like, don't say a word. Don't say a word. Yep. Don't Packed. say a word. Packed. Yeah. Packed. Like, yep. like don't like, we want a good report. We don't want, we want to keep mom happy. Don't say anything. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was really resentful about that too, because I think the older I got, the more I realized that they were actually 
professionals, <laughs> you know, or could have at yep. least kept an eye on us more than this guy was willing to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school and like into my like really early twenties, my hobby was to go to my mom's therapist that she totally bamboozled and just put her on blast and tell the therapist what an, idiot, what an idiot they were for believing such a psycho. Um, <laughs> I'd let her, I'd let her explode on me. So I'd be like, this is how she is just so you're aware. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would stop going to him. Yeah. And then she, and then she'd wait like a year and then she'd think it was over and then she'd go to him and then she'd be like, my therapist said this, my therapist said that. I'm like, Oh, we should go together. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I do it again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is who you're, she actually is. I'm sorry yep. that you were bamboozled by this crazy human being. Like it's why 100- is your guard up therapist? Yeah. Like, come I, on. I offered for my mom to go to therapy with me um last year because of all of the problems we were having and she was like i'm not willing to go to group therapy with you okay so but i will talk it out here and i'm like (laughs) okay yeah so you don't want to ever be fucking accountable for your shit yeah that's because i was with one of my friends and she was like my boyfriend asked and they have a kid together she's like he asked me to go to therapy with him i'm like oh are you going to i was like that's awesome you know and she's Mm -hmm. like no and i was like why and she's like I don't need to go be ganged up on with him and his therapist. And I'm like, yep. if it's a good therapist, I'm like, I feel you. She must've had a similar experience as us, <laughs> but it's like, mm-hmm. if it's a good therapist, they'll mediate because yep. a therapist should have enough sense to be like, okay, everything you're telling me isn't all the way true. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you're, yes. if, if you're the only person, if everything's constantly happening to you, there's something you're not telling me everything uh-huh. like what's going I what's actually going on here. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the, but the therapists that just have like uh I feel bad for this page like uh, I mean I, but like I'm not saying like you can't go into a therapy session and be like yo this shit happened to me I need to bust it out but like mm-hmm. what I'm talking about when my mom goes to a therapy session it's my husband's horrible my kids are horrible <laughs> my parents are horrible I don't do anything wrong <laughs> uh <laughs> all I do is give you know what I mean instead I'm of going in such a nice person and nobody likes me instead of going in and being like I can't stand anyone in my family and I'm lashing out help me yeah yeah you know that's what yeah. real therapy is like it's okay to be like I don't like I don't like anyone in my family I'm but like you need to have the here's why I'm here, (laughs) you know, instead of just being like, please listen to me. I feel sorry for myself. Like that's what therapy shouldn't be. Therapy should not be about that. It should be about progress. Problems. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a problem. I need to know how to like live. Yeah, exactly. My first uh, therapist. Oh my God. So anyway, right away, we we went to counselors, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same guy, same guy. Right away. I just don't trust him. And like, he's like, Hey, play with this or hey, tell me something. And I um, figured out that he was narking on me pretty quickly um, yeah. because I started telling him fibs. And then my mom would ask me about those fibs. So your mom so, played it way cooler than my mom did. She just like beat us up in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so then I was like, I would just like make shit up. And then I was like, mm. I don't, you know, I don't. So I started going to another um therapist and he was okay but i talked to him a lot about my dad and so like i talked Wait, a lot about can we can we edit this out who was he did he was he an older guy with long hair and glasses no his name was drew and he had um <laughs> cerebral palsy oh, okay so the one that was at the building next to the maverick and the fire department my mom went there for t- two people and i liked one of them mm. <laughs> um 
but one time I was having an argument with him because I went to my mom's thing and he was like, you're acting like a child. And I'm like, I am the child. Yes. Yeah. Equation. How about what's my age again? <laughs> well, he's like, I was like, I understand that I'm 19 because I was 19. I'm like, but I am the child in this equation. And I always have been. And I've never been able to act that way. Yeah. So and then he was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my mom stopped going to him after that. But anyways, <laughs> continuing on. Um, so I started going to another person, which I would talk to, talk a lot about my dad and I think a lot of my problems stemmed from how I just didn't know my dad and like I would ask my mom about my dad a lot and my mom would like really manipulate me into not wanting to see my dad Mm -hmm. and I would have to say okay yeah I don't want to meet my dad but I was lying um so yeah I just learned how to lie a lot um but the biggest problem I have with that dude is that my whole family went to him including my brother my brother like your whole like, immediate family? Yeah. Well, yeah, like my brother, my sister, me, okay. and probably my mom. Um, but my brother went to him, and it is very apparent that my brother has severe ADHD. But mm-hmm. listen to his listen to his list, okay? He's severely <laughs> beaten by his father, drugged right. by his father. Then he's whisked away from his dad at, like, two years old, so he... He has a solid relationship with his dad and then it's suddenly abandoned. Mm-hmm. And then we move, move, move. And then he has undiagnosed attention deficit disorder. He has to have braces very young, which he gets made fun of. Mm-hmm. He's also a vagabond because he moved, 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 didn't really get in with kids. Right. And then his best friend in second grade gets hit by a truck die? and dies. Jesus Christ. So he's got a list of of trauma 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 he has a hard time making friends and this fucker uh counselor fucker counselor fucker (laughs) my brother tries to befriend his son and their buds at school but he will never ever ever let him hang out with him outside of school hours and he encourages his son to ditch my brother um like and for like, like better friends what a yeah for so-called b- better friends we're in the same fucking ward right okay so like you're gonna tell your son to bully my brother when he just has adhd and weaponize the things that he's telling you in your counseling therapy session against him right Oh, and now he's my grandma's bishop and we get to shit talk him about <laughs> once a month well, he sounds like a great guy. I fucking um, hate him and his wife, and I love his kids. The end. I love his kids, but he's batshit, and so is his wife. I understand why you're angry. <laughs> I get it because I'm pissed off too. And then I take, I pull the lens back, which I often ask people to do, and I'm <laughs> like, "That was what twenty years ago, twenty five years ago." how much has the science of therapy mental health science has changed like they counselors back in the day didn't talk to doctors to get make sure that you were getting the right prescriptions okay yeah they just yeah. kind of like no i'm not saying you don't have a right to be pissed off no i'm i'm just <laughs> listening i'm being i'm being in the peeled back lens no i'm just saying like Everything they did was wrong but i feel like it was like the wild west back then so like he probably thought like okay this is me 100% just making like playing devil's advocate. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> but imagine like if you're a good parent, 
and someone's t- well, some kid's telling you, hey, my mom's beating the hell out of me or like freaking me out or the way that she acts scares me. In your head as a parent, you think if someone else, if another adult told me that, I would stop doing that. So maybe in his logic, he was thinking, okay, I'm going to tell her and then she's going to work on her behavior. And what it really did was make us all amend our behavior around him. So what he mm-hmm. thought was that he was making a difference mm. because our moms were acting a different way now. And mm-hmm. so were we. And we were too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm I also trying- think that if, if I was a counselor and I had kids, my mom's kids age, you, uh-huh. you know what I mean? I probably wouldn't let their kids play with my kids either i don't know well, what it's not, like. i wouldn't i wouldn't let them go to their house yeah you'd be like come over all. anytime yeah. you want oh you can come yeah. over here anytime yep. anytime yeah. buddy come but no over. we weren't allowed to do that either <laughs> well that's wrong you know what i mean like i don't know what it's like to have be a parent and i don't you know what i mean like but it's like you obviously don't believe in your profession if you don't believe that your kid you're helping this kid enough that he can hang out with your kid Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's like a lot of different elements mm-hmm. to this, so we have a guy that we have people who don't believe in their profession, <laughs> don't really know what to do with it. They're not collaborating with doctors because when I went to my therapist, she wasn't an actual therapist because a therapist can actually write, or is that a psychologist? Psychologists, yeah. So she was probably a therapist, but like a licensed she- social worker is probably what she was. Well, no, like when I was like twenty, when I like had my nervous breakdown. Oh, uh, this is your adulthood. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get to her, which. By the way, we we were totally not anti-therapy anymore because we've seen the light as gone to actual good therapists. <laughs> but <laughs> my first session with her, she's like, okay, you're going to leave here. And this is the doctor I can get you into at the clinic. I've talked to him. He's going to talk to you and make sure everything's on par of what I'm saying. And then he's going to write you these prescriptions that I'm going to suggest if he agrees with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> because I'd been to therapists and it wasn't like that. It was like, all right, no. well, yeah, this is, we'll talk, but you're going to need to see your doctor about like, no one was working together. No, you no. You know what I mean? Yep. Nope. 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 Yep. And that's changed greatly now. <laughs> like every, like I'm the person that they call to take you to the mental institution. Uh, <laughs> that ever, everyone communicates now. So that's, yeah. Yeah. that's a good thing. Um, but anyway, continue with your Man. first therapy sessions. <laughs> oh yeah, that's all. I would just lie to that one, yeah. and then I got switched over, and then I talked a lot about my dad and that I never met. But do you think that these therapists were malicious? Like, do you do you think that? Um, I don't think. I don't think. Or do you think like what what I'm saying here sounds more logical? Like they actually thought they were doing good because we changed our tune <laughs> because <laughs> he was dealing with illogical an illogical adult. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have been so careless. I think what happened with me is that <clears throat> I decided that I didn't want to go to counseling anymore. I should have kept going to counseling, but I wasn't going to share my deepest, darkest thoughts with Mm-mm. anybody first of all. And I hated going into that building because it was so public. And I was like, I was being what I felt I was being watched. And so I wanted to make friends. I didn't want to be seen as the crazy person. So I faked it till I made it out and decided not to go to counseling anymore. Yeah. And you know, like that's, I've given that advice to teenagers before, like now where I'm just like, do whatever you got to do. Just get the fuck out. 
mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i adapted i ad- adopted that philosophy a lot when it, when i was a kid for a lot of things <laughs> and yeah. i agree with you that therapy was one of them because it was just like well there's not much else to talk about you guys seem like you're doing okay and we're all just like cool cool okay can't wait to leave (laughs) until it gets so volatile again that we have to go again (laughs) um but what ended up happening like my the the, what i was so anti-therapy until i had my breaking point and what happened with my breaking point is i hadn't cried for a lot of years because i decided that emotion was just bad my mom's super emotional she's overly emotional oh, i feel yeah. like i feel like my mom robs me of a lot of things because my mom is the type of person who will cry over ev- anything and it's not just getting teared up it's like welling <laughs> and stuff she'll like cause a scene and i don't believe that it's genuine <laughs> like i yeah. don't believe it you know like yeah. and I'm sure they're like, I bet like one out of three, maybe might be genuine. Maybe that's a, that's, I'm being very generous for mm-hmm, her right now, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even matter to me. Cause I'm just like, shut up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just shut up. Yeah. Because like, if she's, even if she, she can scream at you for three hours and if you start fighting back, cause like our philosophy was just like, just shut up. Yep. She'll, let she'll, it tire, finish. she'll yep. tire herself out. Just let it happen. But some days I was like, I can't take this anymore. So I would fight back and I almost always could get her (laughs) in a position. And then she would just start crying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Even though I just listened to her scream at me for three hours. And Mm -hmm, then I mm -hmm. takes me five minutes to get the upper hand and she's in tears. (laughs) Like, it's like, this is, and then she's the victim. Yeah. It's emotional warfare and I can't handle it. Yeah. Like it's inappropriate. So like, I hated people who cried. I was like, I'm not going to cry. And I used to also cry to get my way sometimes too. (laughs) Um, I I used to be able to just build a cry on a dime. And I was like, this is psycho. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be this person. Well, who was teaching you that behavior and how it worked? Your mom. Yeah. 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 And like my sister was in drama and stuff too. So she would like take me to her after school activities and (laughs) like people would like learn how to cry and stuff. So I thought it was cool. Yeah. But like, I had like a come to Jesus with myself where I'm like, I'm going down a road. I do not like, (laughs) so I'm going to lock it up. But I went way too far and I completely like shut down and I went to culinary school where I learned that my home life was awful. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, and in high school I was going in between back and forth between my mom and my grandparents because of abuse. And then I came home and (laughs) I felt like a failure and I had to get like surgeries. Like my I, my body was physically shutting down. Wow. And Bobby. yeah. And um I just was like whatever, it's fine. Like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then I was back at my high school job. I felt like a failure like I said and uh <sighs> where were I you just, working? <laughs> the Flying M in Pankwich. Oh yeah. Um waiting tables and um I was surrounded by people who loved me like you yeah. know they they I lived with my sister. Like I lived, I lived in the town where my grandparents lived. My boss, Janet, lo- absolutely loved me. She was the mom I needed in high school. And but I just was like at my wits' end. Yeah. And I just started crying, and I couldn't turn it off. And I was the only person on the floor running the whole front of that front of the restaurant. Wow. And I was sobbing and blaming it on uh, allergies. <laughs> and um. Like, I didn't have a car and stuff because I sold it to go be a nanny. And I think I was just getting oh, back from being yeah. a nanny. So I was, like, 23. Like, I was – I just felt like such a fucking loser. And – um, or it could have been my grandparents took my car away because I 
my uncle assaulted me and I called the cops on him. And so they took my phone car away and turned off yeah. my cell phone. That's probably yeah. what it was. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, and I just couldn't stop. And I just had to, I was so ashamed when I called my coworker. I'm like, I can't stop. Please come. And she's like, of course, I'll be right there. Like, no big deal. Like, don't even worry about it. You know, like how any of us would act if someone yeah. called that wasn't usually like that. Yeah. Like if you have, I haven't seen this girl cry in the seven years I've known her and she's sobbing at work right now and apologizing. Like, yeah, we, everyone yeah. pulled, everyone pulled together, covered my shifts and I walked home, cried the whole way home. And like, I ran into people, like I ran into like the deputy sheriff, who's one of my good friends. And he's like, Hey Bob, how are you? And I was just like, Hey, like, I was just trying to like, keep it together. So yeah. no, I was crying. I had sunglasses yeah. on and it was raining <laughs> and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. And he's like, he knew I wasn't. He's like, yeah, you're all, he's like, you're almost home. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, thank you. And like, I just like bolted. And then um, I just sat there and like cried and cried and cried. And we like were able to thank God for small town life. I was able to get like right into a therapist, right into a doctor. Yeah. And I was because able to take... otherwise wait list, wait list, wait list. <laughs> yeah. And I was able to take time off and stuff and pull myself together. But because it was a small town, because I lived with my sister who shares fucking everything on social media. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And because like every step of the way I was running into people I knew. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the receptionist, the doctor, the receptionist, the da, 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 da. like the pharmacist. Like I knew everybody yep. every step yep. of the way. <laughs> you know them, their whole family. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so the whole town was freaked the fuck out, which I get, I don't know. I, I guess I'm great. I'm grateful. I'm going to say I'm grateful <laughs> um, that people were like aware of you looking out for you. Grateful. Well, I just think, imagine looking back on that if, no one had even reached out you know or if no one came and covered my shift or if no one if my sister if I didn't live with my sister like even to her just to be like yeah I'll go with you I'll just take care of it you know what I mean so like people who are out there like that's why support systems are so important (laughs) um for when you have these moments where you're like I can't stand on my own two feet right now someone hold me up (laughs) um but yeah, I went to her and she was great. She was this hippie. Uh, her name's Linda. She was this hippie lady. And um, my sister sat with me on my first uh, session. And I just decided, like, I can't be this person that's can't stop crying. It's been, like, a whole day. And um, I just was like, I'm going to be honest. And I told her, you know, what I could in an hour. And my sister kind of helped fill in the blanks. And she was just like no wonder you're depressed Bobby (laughs) like hello and even my sister was like that felt so good to hear from a therapist she's like and we've been together to therapists with each other oh yeah definitely the validation from a third party is like oh yeah okay thank you (laughs) yeah and it's like we went to these therapists our whole life that didn't even try to help us yeah and then you're at one that's like no that's not okay. And then my mom called her and tried to bully her. And she was like, nope, you can't do that. That's not going to yeah. happen. She's good at boundaries. This, yeah. this <laughs> And my mom was like, my mom was like, I want to come in and have a session with you. She's like, that's up to Bobby. She's like, well, Bobby won't talk to me because you told her not to. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think we came, to that. we came to that together. But yeah, absolutely. She's, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, but like, she's like, I will not speak to you without her consent or her there. And as far as I'm concerned, you don't have it. So no, this conversation's over. Bye. Wow. What yeah. a great lady. <laughs> I know. I love okay, her. Okay. Like... Can I tell you a secret, a secret yeah. desire? 
Yes. Um, my ADHD wants to be everything. You know, I want to. I, I would wanna, love to be a therapist. I would love it. I would. I want to make weed gummies. I want to do... <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Boudoir <laughs> photography. I want to oh. do newborn <laughs> photography. I want to make dresses for big busted women. I want to... I want to do... I, I'm obviously in aesthetics I and dance. lashes. But I want to like... Yeah, I want to do everything. And one of the things that I want to do the most is just get myself well and then become a therapist and like move to a small town so that kids can come to me come to the hippie grandma lady and just spill their beans because that's what linda was she was like bra burner in the 60s yes she fucking didn't need no man yes. <laughs> like she was like such a breath of fresh air and also like grandmothery literally she reminded me of she has like similar face to my grandma and since i didn't have that with my family i had a lot of what do you have to be depressed about you know what i mean <laughs> like so yeah. many people have it worse than you blah 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 like there was so much of that constantly and to have her be like mama bear for me like i valued that so much that i do that a lot she was protective of you yeah (laughs) yeah that's so huge yeah it was very completely completely 180 me on therapy because i was like i'll never go to a therapist i'll never do it and then when i had this breakdown i was like well i'll do whatever it takes i'll give anything a shot (laughs) like i gotta i gotta keep working because that's my value because i'm an american is how much i work and (laughs) um i gotta get this shit nip it in the butt i can't do this crying shit anymore like i just gotta get get over this Mm -hmm. and you know she was very open and honest with me she's like you're gonna have problems probably your whole life it's just all about managing them here's some tools (laughs) you know we worked through as much as we could and i'm grateful for her to say like she gave me tools that i use today so thank you linda (laughs) thank you linda how about your therapist well i started going to therapy because (laughs) because um (laughs) my mom decided uh i hid that i was going on a mission from everybody i think i i'm going to talk about that in um the exodus episode but it brought up probably a lot because it's a it's a big deal yeah yeah um but i kept it a secret from everybody and i think i i didn't even tell my mom i told my grandparents i that's and my brother and that's it so i think um i told my mom that i was leaving on my mission on next Wednesday or some shit. She was like, you're going on a mission. And I was like, yeah, I'm all my papers are set and everything. I'm going to Chicago. She was like, Oh my gosh. So like in this conversation, I don't know what her motive was, but I feel like every time something good happens in my life, my mom has to sabotage it in some way. Like for my wedding, she almost died. So I had to go to the care center in my wedding dress. And I was late to my own wedding because I had to cater to my mom because focus was not on me anymore. So right before I'm leaving on my mission, my mom says to me for some who the hell knows reason, you were molested as a child by this person. And that was her response to tell you telling her you were going on a mission. It's, it's in the same conversation as like, I'm going on a mission. I'm sitting at her kitchen table and she's like somehow, somehow brings up. Did you know that you were molested as a child when you were two in the bathtub? And suddenly 
a couple of memories that I actually have make sense. And I don't tell anybody these memories, but um, they're of... <sighs> anyway, so I, I go home and I... Home meaning my grandparents' house because that is my actual home. I don't I don't call my mom's house home. I go home. I talk to my grandma and I said, my mom says that I was sexually abused as a child. And she's like, I was like, is that true? Or is she just like making it up because she's not happy with me or wants to take away something from me? She, my grandma was like, I think it's true because of this situation. She says, one day when you had come back from Florida, because we ran away from Florida and came back to my grandparents' house. Um, so much stability. Thanks, yeah, Mom. Yep. Um, you, we were giving you a bath, and you asked me, are you going to wash me in my holes like Bad Daddy did? And my grandma looked at me and was like, what did you say? So the reason why I probably, I know that this is not like a story that my mom is making up to badger somebody else is that I remember the face. I remember the bathtub. I remember the soap we were using. I remember the face of my grandmother, my grandmother looking at me in shock and saying, what did you say? And you thought something wrong, right? Yeah. Because this is, I'm, I'm like three. I'm very young. I know my grandma is upset with me. Right. The next memory I have that puts ties it all together is I'm laying on a doctor's office and this doctor pulls up my shirt and palpates my stomach. Yeah. And then he turns his back to me to my mom. I think my aunt and my uncle were there and my grandparents. And they he says to them, there doesn't seem to be any internal damage. I'm three. I don't know what those words mean. It sounds serious. Yeah. And so that's why it locks into my brain. There doesn't seem to be any internal damage. So I'm like, I'm going on a mission, right? I am leaving my family and I just bury this information in and I don't let it out until my third companion. Now I'm getting upset. Yeah, because it's like, it's the stuff sucks so bad because I, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's like, you have to deal with this shit. It takes you a minute to process it. And when I mean a minute, I mean a year, a decade. It takes some time to like figure out what the fuck yeah. and like piece shit together and try to figure out if you're making something up. Or if it's an actual memory yeah. or yeah. all this stuff. Or and it's like, like a shock to me. Like, I'm like, I don't remember the sexual abuse, but everything this is else affecting me. This is weighing on me. My mom decided to tell me this. And so, like, I'm, yeah, six, seven months into my mission. I'm talk- I'm on a walk with one of my companions who's a very kind lady. And I love her very much. I think I've talked about her before, but. Her name's Connie, and she just got in a coma. And, like, I love you, Connie. You'll never listen to this. Jesus Um, Christ, what happened to her? (laughs) She had a brain aneurysm while she was holding her one-month-old baby. And she has um, memory problems. She survived. She was in a coma for a long time. This, like, all happened in 2020. And, like... (laughs) The best year ever. Fuck. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I I was walking with Connie... And um, down the road in Morris, Illinois, talking about, 
I was just like, I'm sorry to put this on you, but I don't know what to do with this information. I just found out that I was sexually abused and I don't know how to like what to work do about through it. this yeah. information. And she just like stopped and validated me and was Aww. like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that's like. And I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here for you. And like, she right. was a fucking angel. And, and honestly, like, yeah, sometimes that's all it takes to just be like, I'm holding space for you, man. Yeah. Like, that's like all I can do. Holy shit. That's all I can do. But I'm here for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that like puts the bandaid on it. And like, I'm just working through it. And um, I get married. I tell my husband that that had happened. I bury it. I'm like, it's fine. I don't remember it. Um, but there are some sexual activities that I still can't do because it um triggers the memory that i know what happened this is why it's like fuck you mom because like i honestly didn't need to know that information like it's the information fucks with me i don't have a recollection of it i could have gone my whole life without knowing like i mean i guess i deserve the right Uh, to know but it just sucks that i do it would have i'm annoyed with your mom just because of like how they're like my mom's the same way like every holiday she turns into a disaster yeah. and like yeah. everything she's cause she's a narcissist. Everything's about her mm-hmm. or about her feelings. And, uh, she wants, I think it's even just having control of the vibe. Like she wants yeah. to bring your vibe down. Yeah. Like, because she sees company. me succeeding and she's yeah. like, you know what? Chop you down, chop you down. Yeah. You know? And so, so like, I think this information more will probably come out as you go through life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't realize until, two years ago that my dad tried to molest me oh yeah you know like that i was in my 30s when that came out and i the way that that happened was i mean i don't know i will t- i'm sure i'll tell the whole story on the drug drugs episode but uh i was in a situation with my dad i was five he was cuddling me and he tried to like stick a finger in me and i told him to like back off and then he went and molested my sister for real <laughs> and there's a lot to fill there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And the way that I found out is I straight up just asked my sister, cause I had the memory and I'm like, like, I like, I'm like, I smoke a lot of weed. Like I drink yeah. a lot. I, my memory's fucked up. Like I, you know, who knows? I dream a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like who knows, <laughs> who knows if this is real or not. So when I asked my sister what day she got molested, cause I knew what day it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't tell her. I just needed her to confirm that that was the day. Mm. And I was like, yo, what day did my dad molest you? Could I just ask you that? And she was like, it was that day that he beat up Danny. And I was like, okay. Cause that was the same day. Cause mm-hmm. he was driving me home from Nephi for beating up Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, on, and then when he got home after I rejected him, he molested my older sister. Um, but that shit didn't come to light until years later. Uh, this is kind of why I struggle with the statute of limitations too, <laughs> because these sort of traumatic things that happen to you as a kid, you block them out to survive mm-hmm. and then they resurface. I'm not necessarily saying that I want my dad to be punished necessarily because he was obviously going through some stuff <laughs> like he was on meth or PCP or whatever the fuck. Um, he doesn't remember it, he says. And I honestly believe that he could be blocking it out as well. It could be a traumatizing experience for him. Um, but I would like to force him to talk about it. I don't want him to get in trouble, but I want to force him to talk to me about yeah. it. Because 
I want to be less mad about it because I think it's really hard. That's the hardest thing with having the parents kind of parents that we do. And it's the generation too. Like a lot of my friends struggle with their parents like this. It's just the sweeping under the rug, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. inability to say, I fucked up. (laughs) Like, please forgive me. Not I'm sorry, but there's so many I'm sorry, buts. Mm -hmm. And like my dad won't even talk to me and I don't even know if it's because he's mad at me or if it's because he's mad at himself. himself, Like, and it's just all these unknown questions that are just ultimately forms of rejection, (laughs) you know, and whether it's rejecting your own memories or Mm -hmm. rejecting, getting rejected by your parents or whatever. It's just like, it's torture. (laughs) It's like really torture. Well, I was just, like, keeping it in, piloting it, like, I just, like, keeping it, like, as a a piece of my past that I don't really remember, but what really got me back into therapy was I had a kid, and yeah. you text me, and, like, just for context, like, we're not, like, hanging out ever. We, yeah. You served me my first alcoholic drink and then like i don't see you until 2020 and, and i changed my number a lot too so yeah my, so. It's, it's hard to find me <laughs> sometimes so, sometimes it can be hard to find me yeah <laughs> you text me and you say um how how's postpartum depression and i was like what you were like yeah i just know that every girl gets it and like few people are the exceptions so i'm just asking you how it is instead of asking you if you have it and then around that same time I left the church. I'm pregnant and I'm kind of just dumping this like I don't know how to figure out this. I'm I'm I found out that I'm having a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's triggering like you have to clean out the attic source, so to speak. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like dumping this on my friends and like remembering like I'm just like feeling a lot and thinking right. I shouldn't be dumping this on my friends like yeah my friends should be there to support me and like love me but I'm just dumping it on them I think I need a person and so yeah yeah and so (laughs) after I have a baby I'm checking her into postpartum I'm using postpartum depression but I'm like (sighs) you're like well let's hit all the topics yeah and so the (laughs) first first time we're gonna take this test uh the first time uh, I'm in therapy. My therapist gives me a test and talks to me about um, adverse childhood events. Which me... means? Which means? For those, like, it's just like shit that like shouldn't be going on in your childhood, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it's a quiz. <laughs> Let's take it. Let's everyone take it together. Okay. Let's all take it together. Okay. <laughs> it's the Cosmo quiz. <laughs> Before your 18th birthday, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down or humiliate you or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? Yes. All, all, yes. Very often. Yep. <laughs> Before your 18th birthday, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, 
or throw something at you or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? Yes. Very often. Before your 18th birthday, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touched their body in a sexual way or attempt or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? Yes. yes. We just talked about that. Yeah. Before your 18th birthday, did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? Um, hindsight being 2020, I would say that they that we weren't looking out for each other but at the time i thought we were yeah that's exactly what i think too i also like had suicide ideation since 14 and i thought that i was not important so um and like i also felt like i could use i felt like my my family was so dysfunctional like that like immediate and extended that i was like if i did kill myself maybe i can make a statement and everyone could just pull themselves together yeah yeah same yes really stupid (laughs) um question five so you should have five fingers down already uh before your 18th birthday did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat had to wear dirty clothes and had no one to protect you or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it Yes. Uh, yeah, and I also had to beg to go to the doctor. Like, I had to yep. be like, I don't know if that's some country shit, but I. Like, I think it's to... also some country shit, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before your 18th birthday, was a biological parent ever lost to you through divorce, abandonment, or other reason? Yes. Yep. Before your 18th birthday, was your mother or stepmother often, or very often, pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her, or? Sometimes, often, or very often, kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes, or threatened with a gun or knife. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it's funny that it's like ever, even if it's one time, it's ever. But it's often oh, yeah, it's like, for oh, us. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like- I'm not saying she didn't deserve. Just kidding. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> one time, my dad tried to pee on my mom in front of us. Wow, he Jesus was the Christ! He the hell out of her, and she was like going off. And he's like, "You're so dramatic. You're always talking shit. You think I'm bad. You think I'm bad. Here, I'm gonna fucking pee on you." Oh and I was my like, "God!" I remember being like, "I'm so young for this." <laughs> like I right. was like, "Oh my god!" And like my siblings pushed me back because they're like, "You do not need to see this." But like my sis- older siblings, Zach and Ob, felt like they had to protect my mom or make sure like mm-hmm. it didn't get too out of hand. So we always had to witness yeah. it to make sure shit didn't get to get too crazy. But it was also like, <laughs> but it's also not not their job though. Like not your siblings' job for them to be protecting your mom. Well, I also remember the guilt I felt being like, "I hope they kill each other." <laughs> Just wishing, like, I hope I hope they kill each other. Just do it. <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> Before your 18th birthday, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or used street drugs? Yes. Yes. Before your 18th birthday, was a household member depressed 
or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide yes yes before your 18th birthday did a household member go to prison no no that was the only one we said (laughs) yeah our a score is nine now what's normal um i will tell you first of all when my therapist gave me that quiz and saw that it was a nine she was like holy shit um and just to let you know like there are lots and lots of adverse childhood events that affect your mental physical Uh well-being but these are just the ones that are in this test so you may have more than what we're just talking about and still be um, adversely affected in your adulthood Mm -hmm. so Science says that, uh, uh, second note, you can also have very positive adults in your life that change the adverse effects. Um, So like a teacher who loves you, your grandparents, people who believe in you, a trusted friend you can confide in, that can kind of change things around, but not always. Well, this Um, is also just, this isn't like a poor us thing. This is like, yeah guess what a lot of people have this shit because like we had yes. nine of them yes and i know that a lot of my friends it, their families had at least four to six you yeah know what i mean so a lot a lot of the, the a, a lot of what's good about mental health the good thing about it you need to talk about it yeah so like telling people so maybe someone who's listening to this is like oh it's cool that like that's not cool that we have nine <laughs> but it's like cool because i have that many too and yeah i thought i was alone you know what yeah I mean? yeah 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 yeah, lots of people do, for sure. I felt, I felt so alone, you know? Or just, like, that everyone was going through it, so I just needed to not worry so much. And maybe that's... I am kind of saying that, like, a lot of people go through it, but it's like, okay, recognize that you went through it so you can help yourself grow yeah. and change. Well, if you have gone through this, there are so many resources for you. You don't have to live with this, but um, it's just, like... I'm going to continue down this page because it's going to get to what we're talking about anyway. Um, There's three types of neglect uh, or adverse childhood events, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. We hit all of those categories. Um, What happens is it has been scientifically proven that children and these kids come from all walks of life. They're not just inner city kids. They're just like kids like wealthy people have these two people with four or more adverse childhood events have increased health risks for the rest of their life. It's not just, I mean, people suffer from, I'm going to go through this list, lack of physical activity, smoking, alcoholism, drug use, missed work, severe obesity, diabetes, depression, suicide attempts, STDs, heart disease, cancer, stroke, COPD, broken bones. They're just at a a flat rate, higher risk for all of those things. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fucked up things that our parents have done affect me for the rest of my life. And that's, like... I will have my vengeance. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I will. Because that is why I have, since that day, continually invested in my mental health, worked with therapists, Mm -hmm. gone through all of this shit. Because this shit ends with me. 
Yeah. I'm not doing it to my kid anymore. Yeah, like, and you've got you got a kid, so you have way more responsibility. Like, I guess I can technically be a piece of shit forever because I'm the only person I'm attached to. But also, I live in a society, so maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and also, I would care very much that you take care of yourself. Well, right, and it's like, but it's also like it's not fun to live in this past cage, this cage of your past. It's like all this shit happened to you, and you have to like mm-hmm. process it. Like, but you do have to process it. I'm sorry to say, you have to process it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um. I love that you brought up that so many people have these aces and they don't even know it because I have told so many people about this quiz and told them to go to therapy because their insurance might cover it because of all these things. Mm-hmm. And um, why, why, why have all my friends been, why have a lot of my friends been molested as children? Why have a lot of my friends been physically abused as children you know why why is this such a trend i mean i think we have a lot of boxes that we check with the religion and the small town and the time we were kids i i don't know what the answer is i wish i knew what the fucking answer was i can i can speculate i will speculate i speculate for hours at a time but like I don't know <laughs> what, why. But I would want it to stop. Yeah, that's what I want. I want it to. That's I why I hundred percent have been like so transparent on social media about mental health since mm-hmm. starting this, because I was like, it's not just me. Yeah. It's a hundred percent like all my friends. Like everyone go to therapy. Right. Well, and like um, for me after I had like my nervous breakdown kind of thing because the town was kind of new about it that's when honesty a honesty was just better and then i kind of felt like i was pushed more into it because it's like i need to give these people an update they're all panicking yeah um (laughs) but yeah the more open i am with my mental health the more people that just come to me and they're just like a thank you yeah b you know or to be like you're not alone man like i feel you but like i'm way past i feel like i'm past the point now where it's like an outreach thing it's like a this is how it is i'm feel good come to me if you need me sort of thing. yeah yeah um but a lot of people suffer with it and sometimes you don't even need to have any trauma in your life <laughs> to have a chemical imbalance that makes you that's for fucking depressed sure. you know yeah. <laughs> like we have luckily very valid reasons like these people who are depressed who have you know a lot of support they're active they mm-hmm. have family all around them they're mm-hmm. happy in their religion they're you know successful financially all this stuff and they're still depressed because they have a chemical imbalance but they're too yeah. ashamed to go to therapy i want that to stop too yeah <laughs> like yeah we need to normalize like it my husband has gone through some traumatic things in his adulthood mm-hmm. that all he's learned to do is just you know push it down I, it, it doesn't bother me you know like it's not bothering me right, right now I'm having some grief but I'll just push it down and it's taken him until this year to see a therapist and I've been like mm, I'm gonna see a therapist um for a while just bragging about how much it helps me and he's like yeah that's great for you but not for me now he's going and he's like I can see how this is a benefit like I was just he was just scared to go nobody in his family goes to a therapist they don't have well, adverse true- childhood events right <laughs> It's that true grit men- mentality too, where it's like, yeah. like when my grandpa sees a doctor, it's because the gr- doctor comes down to his shop. Like, 
there's a lot of like toxic behaviors i'm gonna it's not just toxic masculinity like i was that way too where i'm like i don't go to the doctor like a it's expensive now but like even back in the day i was like no but yeah yeah therapy is for weak people like all this stuff there's a lot of stigma around it like and it's stupid because it's like it is part of your health and like we are like a we're a very mentally ill country like just Uh across the board yep and so it's definitely coming to a head now where it's like okay uh when when people are like i haven't cried for like 10 years it's like cool dude you need to see a therapist (laughs) you know yeah like my brother zach always says he's like i haven't cried since i was like 15 i'm like you're almost 40 bro that's not good yeah (laughs) like you need to go seek some help some treatment because you're gonna pop and it's gonna be ugly yes and my family also has very horrible coping mechanisms where instead of talking shit out, they scream and fight and throw yep. fisticuffs. Yep. And it's yep. just like, Jesus Christ. I hate my whole entire family. <laughs> like, my mom all is nuts. like, <laughs> my mom's couple, I mean, she's not on alcohol now, but she was on for a long time. She's doing this thing where she's Mormon again, mm-hmm. making her parents proud so that she can Get be on people's good graces. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, I'm, live a good life whatever but um before that she was all about alcohol now that Mm -hmm. she can't do alcohol because she's following the word of wisdom because she's being in the plan of salvation again um she is heavily on pills like and i don't know if that's because she keeps falling apart because she lived a hard life Mm -hmm. Or if she's doing things on purpose so that she... And we're talking, like, painkillers. Gets the surgery so that she gets the pills, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, she's not on, like, depression pills. She's on painkillers. Yeah. She has drug-seeking behavior. Yes, and she did that all growing up. We would shop the pharmacies in the valley, mm-hmm. the whole valley. Yeah. Uh, remember driving around with the windows down because it was hot as fuck and we didn't have any air conditioning and just shopping for pills. Uh, my mom would get weird injections from with her friends. They would trade injections. I think it was like B12, but also can't be I sure. I don't think it was B12. <laughs> I don't think well, it was, it was in their butts, <laughs> and it came it in a little jar. It was steroids then. It was steroids. They were doing yeah. steroids. Or uh, something like that, I bet. And then, like, her, one of her best friends, um, you know, she had a pill problem, too. So, like, she was just going around town shopping with her friends to get the things that she needed so well and it's funny that you're like she's living the mormon lifestyle so she's just doing prescription pills now mm-hmm. and it's like if that ain't just that should be our state slogan like yep we're don't mormon do drugs, so we're do not doing illegal pills. yeah utah has one of the worst uh prescription painkiller yep. problems Opioids. in the, in the yep. nation um and that has and why is do. that <laughs> because no marijuana <laughs> and well, bury your feelings and have a facade yeah, and it's like um, depression pills aren't okay, but people have so much pain that yeah. they're like, but they're also like, if the doctor prescribes it, then it's fine. And like, honestly, human nature, like, it's mammal nature. Like, dolphins get high. <laughs> like, people like to get high. Yeah. Period. Yes. I don't care. People like to get high. Uh, so if a doctor's going to be like, yeah, here's some painkillers, and everyone feels good because they we're all in the same ward and you wouldn't abuse these, yep. would you? <laughs> like, there's such a problem and these problems i have plenty of friends who used to be on pain pills and then they went to heroin yep and some of them lived and some of them didn't 
<laughs> you know? Girl, when like, I went to get my uh, kid out of my gut. Um, <laughs> have a baby? Yeah, that part. <laughs> I didn't want to do like the epidural. epidural oh, and I wanted, so ready. To do, <laughs> I wanted to do like it natural. But then I came to realize that it was not going to be natural because it was uh, induced labor because it was a dangerous pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so you're just like, give it to me. Yeah. Well, well, right before I well, decided I was be like, to... look, bitch, if you didn't get it, let's go to that, the hospital right now. We'll get it. We'll, <laughs> we'll get it in me and be like, oh, I fucked up. I was supposed to get it. <laughs> uh, well, lots of my friends don't do the epidural at all. And they're just warriors. But turns out I know, I know they're I know I'm not a they're... healthy vessel. <laughs> Listen, I know that there is a and it's every mother's choice. And I don't know how I'd feel if I was a mom. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, like, from where I stand, I'm like, yeah, give me a little something to take the edge off. <laughs> Constantly. No, and I did say that. Right before I decided to get the epidural, I was like, can you give me anything? And they were like, at my nurse, Nathan, St. Nathan, I still pray to you because you've given me everything, um, gave me fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I was getting this fentanyl and I was like, oh, fuck. This is why people get on opiates because this, again, untreated mental health problems, right? But I was like, this happiness is fucking addicting. Like, this is why people get on those pills is because, like, this is nice. (laughs) This is a Uh, nice feeling. There is a great doc uh, on HBO. I think it's about the Cape Cod uh, heroin epidemic. Okay. And uh, <laughs> put it on just, my list. You know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I do. Enjoy never seeing it. I'm going to tell you what it's about because you're never going to watch it. Thank you. But um, it's mostly just about like people getting into car wrecks or breaking an arm and they're getting prescribed like these heavy duty. <laughs> like my friend got her tonsils out and the doctor gave her Oxycontins. I'm like, what? Why are doctors doing this? <laughs> right. Like, she's a healthy girl. Do they benefit from the uh, addiction? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, they get incentives from pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, but then are they also getting a back end when these people get addicted and then get in more surgeries? And, like, is it fueling itself? I mean, maybe. But the point is, is eventually to save their own asses. And because there are drug trackers now, they will cut you off. But, like, at this point, it's too late. But my friend, who got her tonsils out, gave me two of her Oxycontins. And I t- I'm, like, uh, like, I drink and I do, I smoke the, the dope and I have a Xanax prescription and stuff. Like, I'm not a lightweight. <laughs> and yeah. I, I took one of those and I'm, like, why are they giving this to an 18-year-old? Like, oh I didn't even, God. I was just, like, oh, my God. Like, I am like, this is not fun. Like, this is, should be for, like, cancer patients who are terminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell's happening. But if you got used to being on that because you're like, it's a doctor and I trust them. Yep. At what point, like, it's a slippery slope because, A, Mormons and stuff are so fucking naive and stupid and followers that. Yep. Yep. No offense, guys. <laughs> but it's the tr- like, this is why we have a problem. Yes. Is that people are just trusting in their doctors and in their bishops. So they let them, you know, interview their daughters without them and stuff. Uh, yeah. But, like they're it, it and then like they get cut off and then it's like they're they're itchy so they have to go heroin is the ch- it's the cheap thing to go get yeah yeah so it's like so what this documentary is about is all these young kids who are just like whatever what can i do about it like i'm fucking addicted to this thing that's so hard to get off of 
Mm-hmm. It started because I got in a car wreck where my face got caved in. Yes. <laughs> like I was trusting the doctors. Now I'm addicted. Like what? Like they're like, and I like none of them were really apologetic. And like my the only one that I liked was like I just want to be done, but I don't. I can't. And yeah. she ended up dying at the end of it. <laughs> wow. I was so sad. She overdosed at 23. Oh my and, god. But this is like this is happening right here in Utah because yeah. it gets so crazy. Why are we doing this? But like, yeah, the pill shopping, it's crazy. It's crazy. God. Like that you had to endure. I hate that. I'm glad my mom was just I'm glad she wasn't into that sort of shit. Like my mom was like straight edge. So she said yeah. <laughs> she was just crazy. <laughs> she was straight edge, but she was kicking her kids asses all day. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's part of straight edge life. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think it just means you're not putting anything bad into your body. <laughs> but she was putting like toxic men into her body. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> letting them like over. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about treatments we've tried. Okay. Um. So when I had my whole like nervous whatever. I mostly, until I was about in my early 20s, I tried to just control it myself. Yeah. I just like, Did I you take like, any drugs as kids or no? No, I never. I was straight edge too. I never. <laughs> I drank like four months before I turned 21 and then I smoked weed after that. So No, I mean like were you prescribed anything? No. Okay. Because my mom pushed... Uh, what am I thinking of? Not, not, at, not uh, Zoloft, but the other one. That were in the 90s. Starts with the P, I feel like. Why can't I think of what this is? It's one of the main ones. Anyways, I know pushed. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but why can't I think of I keep thinking Percocet. Prozac. Prozac. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, my sister was depressed also. My mom was, I think my mom was the least abusive with me. I guess we could probably all say that. I don't know. Maybe everyone could say that because it's harder to watch someone get the crap kicked out of them than get the crap kicked out of yourself. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh my mom was really hard on my sister and like anything my sister did it was wrong so she was really depressed like naturally and my mom instead of addressing the fact that she was part of the problem just wanted to medicate my sister yeah so my sister was like (laughs) fuck this i'm not taking these like fuck you yep Yep. (laughs) like um it was like our attempt to like not lose touch it's so weird when i think about this because it's like we knew it was going wrong but by the time i was out Maybe it's because I had to put up with it by myself for so long mm-hmm. that um, I was just like, everyone's going through this. Like, that's how I got through it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when the whole – all my siblings and I lived in the same house, we were able to communicate that what was going on in the house was wrong. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's why being the baby is bad. <laughs> yeah, because you're left all alone. God. Yeah. And, like, 100% older- <laughs> why I feel bad for my sister is because she had four years, you know, by herself. I feel like I had six, like Zach and Op both stuck around a little bit longer. And Aubrey told me that when she moved to Penguish and was working, my mom would guilt her out and say that Jake and I were starving. And my sister would send her over half of her paycheck <laughs> when she was in her early twenties, just trying to have like a fun adult life. Yeah. Um, and like Zach didn't leave Richfield right away. And he actually pulled me out of the house when I was getting super abused when I was a freshman and mm-hmm. took me to Penguich. Mm-hmm. So like they stuck around sort of, but I felt like I was on my own for like six years because Jake was always gone. Like he yeah. didn't care, <laughs> you know, like, well, he was like, yeah, not in the house anymore. 
Well, Jake was, uh, I'll need to say you're above me, but he was always out with his friends. Yeah. He was like, and I was a, a homebody. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. And I was like my mom's best friend too. The whole thing was complicated, but um, I didn't do any really treatments because of my, like my sister was like adverse to it and stuff um, until I went to the, and had to break down. But I've tried pretty much, I've probably tried about 70% of most depression pills, um, generic yeah. or, you know, the, the regular have <laughs> shined uh-huh. some form of them. And I liked Paxil a lot, but pills are really depressing because they take so long to work. Yes. And they off- and, and oftentimes they don't really work. Yeah. And <laughs> but then like, they like get. Make it worse. They yes. make it worse. Yeah. And, like, you have to and you really... have to wait so long to figure out if it's making you worse. Yeah. I take six to eight weeks and the doctor will be like, be patient, be patient, be patient. But I feel like the depression pill roller coaster is what got me in touch with my mood swings, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of helpful, but it's like, it's also, unless you're like really focused on getting better, it could be a recipe for disaster because yeah. <laughs> it could like exacerbate your life so much worse. Yeah. Um, and then when you find one that works, there's always the side effect to it, like uh, lack of sex drive or just like being oh <laughs> what I call comfortably numb mm-hmm. after the Pink Floyd song, which I will now read to you. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I've been waiting. So uh, this song to me is like, it's not, it's about, I think it's about heroin, but um, when it reminds me of being on depression pills, that's, this is my experience being on depression pills, so here we go <laughs> so it goes hello is there anybody in there just not if you can hear me is there anyone home come on now i can hear you're filling down <laughs> well i can ease your pain get you on the, your feet again relax i'll need some information first just the basic facts can you show me where it hurts <laughs> there is no pain you are receding as a distant ship smoke on the horizon You were only coming through in waves. Your lips move, but I can't hear what you're saying. When I was a child, I had a fever. (laughs) My hands felt just like two balloons. Now I've got that feeling once again. I can't explain. You would not understand. This is not how I am. I have become comfortably numb. Okay, just a little pinprick. There'll be no more. And it goes, ah, like screaming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you may feel a little sick. Can you stand up? I do believe it's working good. That'll keep you going through the show. Come on, it's time to go. Um, and then it repeats the thing. There is no pain. You are receding. A distant ship smoke on the horizon. You are only coming through in waves. Your lips move, but I can, can't hear what you're saying. When I was a child, I caught a fleeting glimpse out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look, but it was gone. I cannot put my finger on it now. The child has grown. The dream is gone. I have become comfortably numb. Um, and I'm not saying they don't work. <laughs> like, depression pills don't work. But that'll get you going through the show. It's like, we just want you... Depression pills sometimes to me just feel like... We want you to be alive in this world, so please take these. Yeah. And so you just are kind of going through the show you know (laughs) because uh, to me a facade is you have to have when you're putting on a show (laughs) you're an actress you're an actor and it's not like that'll get you going through your life it's like that'll get you going through the show yeah um and then just like the child has grown the dream is gone (laughs) like how you think what really makes me sad is I don't remember the last time I didn't worry 
mm-hmm. you know, and I can remember back a really long ways. And I just feel like it's a, a huge shame and that we had to, we, I just feel like we were robbed because we had to uh, uh, be grown yeah. before, before we were even like in adult clothing, yeah. you yeah. know? <laughs> so. Yeah. My, my sister always says like, you were my mom and like, I don't feel like that because I was a kid and I did things that was were childish and lashed out at her unfairly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like we grew up too fast. Right. And I was like, I was talking to Kate, the oldest Josie. Um, she's the old, and she had similar experiences you and my sister where she was like, I, she goes, I feel so bad. She was, we were talking about this last week. It's so funny, <laughs> but she was like, I feel so bad. Cause she's like, I lashed out one of my siblings because they were just being a kid mm-hmm. and I, she's like and the way i reacted was so inappropriate mm-hmm. and i'm like what was inappropriate <laughs> is yeah. that you were forced to mother these kids yep because my sister has that story too because she was like she cried she's like i threw jake down the stairs once because she did yeah. because my mom yelled at us all morning tore out of there it was a Saturday. <laughs> so our whole Saturday was ruined. Um, we, my Jake was driving me crazy. He was like picking on me and my sister kept telling him to stop. And I'm sure I was being a whining, annoying asshole. And she grabbed him and threw him d- like down like 11 stairs wow. <laughs> and sure. Inappropriate response. But again, she's like 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's under a lot of stress and she's had so much guilt for that for so many years. And I remember mm-hmm. when she, <laughs> apologized to jake she was like sobbing and she's like i'm so sorry and he started laughing he's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and he's like i don't care he's like i straight up don't care because like we uh, we do look as at our siblings like our siblings thank god but they did have a lot of parental roles yeah so we don't like hold any animosity and i don't think i don't think your siblings do either i they think they really grateful. don't i they really don't and like i like do the same thing where i'm like i'm really sorry this thing is weighing on me and they're like kendra please stop like (laughs) like, we love you we know you were a a kid and mom wasn't around and it was not fair to you and like we're it's good (laughs) well and on the other hand too i think if my mom would have done that same thing which i'm sure she did at some point i would would be like holy shit that's horrifying Mm mm-hmm and then I pulled the lens back <laughs> and I think about how my mom was raised Mormon and went from her parents' house to my dad's house mm-hmm. and started having babies when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And when she was my age, she had four children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like none of this is mine or my siblings faults. So the fact that we had to hold the brunt of the, the punishment for it <laughs> sucks, but it's also like, I'm trying to, I think that's part of like the healing and like understanding is that it's like, but that also makes it so frustrating. Cause you're like, yeah. there is no one to blame here. Yes. <laughs> oh my um, God. But yeah, like I'm not huge on depression pills. I do think they're important to like get the, sometimes you gotta get shit sparking. I have, I assume I'm going to probably have to get on some at some point here in the future. Yeah. Um, but what I'm doing right now for my ADHD is working pretty well. Okay. But, uh, uh, ultimately, uh, I started smoking weed to take away my suicidal spells. Um, I remember I lived up in Salt Lake. I had done everything. Like I started a new job. I, ex- I like exercised every day. I was going to shows. 
um i was doing like i was trying to do everything you were until I, were you living after the manner of happiness yeah so i was living <laughs> i was faking it till i made it mm -hmm. but like nothing was and i was on depression pills too and i remember being like i'm gonna go down to burt's i'm gonna go buy an eighth from the chick who runs the door <laughs> <laughs> and if i don't feel better i'm killing myself yeah and that, was, and that was about nine years ago so you know it's it works for me my one suicide attempt was when i had got a possession ticket and i had to stop smoking weed and i replaced it with alcohol and mm. things got ugly yeah. <laughs> what is your uh What's what works my... for you? Yeah, like what's your what's your meds and stuff you've done? And what well, works for when you? I was a kid, they put me on Wellbutrin, and I hated taking them because all I watched my mom do was pills, pills, pills. Yeah. Um. So I didn't take any medication until, oh, uh, fuck, until November of last year. Mm -hmm. For um attention deficit disorder. Right. Um. I I started going to a doctor. I finally got over my like doctors are quacks thing and started going to a doctor in when i was like 30 right after i started right after i had halo and um i told my doctor right away i don't do pills my mom is a pill addict uh takes pills for wh whatever she wants and it's she's a hypochondriac and i'm not i'm just not going to do pills and so that's like in my chart and finally when i got diagnosed with adhd last year um started being like i want you to know that I'm trusting you to prescribe me things and I'm going to be just them. open yeah. with you and like honest with you. Um, so, but except for I'm not honest with her, um, Dr. Palmer, if you're listening, uh, uh, I have not told her that I do weed. I told my therapist. I love that. Um, that's her last name, by the way. <laughs> right. It is fucking everywhere. That's Spencer's middle name too. <laughs> oh, shut up. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, Anyway, and one day uh, it'll be my last name. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I joke. Um, so, not last year, but the year before, I've I've been pro weed, right? Yeah. I've been like, people need it. The it has proven is just to help. There. It's just yeah, there. yeah. Like you can't deny the evidence. Like it's so, just... I voted. I voted for weed, the prop two or whatever mm -hmm. that got fucked they up found by a way to the fuck legislation. <laughs> Um, They're like, let's so just make alcohol more accessible. <laughs> one of my friends, she was like, just so you know, like, I know that you're pro-weed. You can be pro-weed for yourself as well. And if you wanted to try some, I can get you some, like, edibles if that's what you want. And I have talked to you about weed yeah. uh, I was like, for postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to you about weed for postpartum, and you're like, I, got, I have a hookup if you ever want it. And I texted you one time, and I was like, hey, what about edibles? Because I don't really want to smoke. And you were like, no, edibles fuck you up. But this girl, <laughs> she gave me some, and that's the only way I really prefer to do it. Um just like because i know how much i'm getting the little bit you know what i mean like i can control it right so i've been doing that uh I like mine's, you mine, the way that i do weed too i think it's definitely an oral fixation but i don't like edibles i don't like i have a weird metabolism anyways because i was malnutritioned as a child yeah so um i like rarely eat and then it takes either really quick or very long yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah probably for you not so great but for me, and I, it's and a I have an oral, good. and I definitely have an oral fixation. Like yeah. I'm always like, like I'm always putting on Carmex. I'm always like hitting yes. this. Yes. And the ritual of like hitting the pipe when I first yes. started smoking weed was very like 
communal and help me put my guard down. So it's ritualistic for me as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so yeah, um, it did get to a point where I started and I, Spencer had no idea. And like Spencer had no idea that I've had suicide ideation for more than half my life, like 20 years. Right. So, um, I did start talking to my friend about suicide. I probably should text him. I text him every time we talk about this. (laughs) Um, and I told him that I was like, I definitely take weed when take weed when I like uh, it. I like it, I like it. <laughs> to <laughs> mitigate the suicide ideation. If it comes on, I'm popping an edible because I would rather not have those thoughts. Like it gets very dark in my head. And when Spencer heard that, he was like, I had no idea that that's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started going back to therapist and talked to her about suicide ideation and I've talked to her I started going back to therapy because my kid turned two that's when I was abused yeah abused and my brother got in contact with his dad who's Mm -hmm. my abuser uh that's a whole fucking other thing does he have contact with halo can we talk about that for just a second like put this conversation about drugs on pause yeah my brother i found his dad on facebook okay were on accident or were you looking i was like i bet he's on facebook i don't know why because you're hung up on it because you need to like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you need to work it out yeah (laughs) so i've known his facebook page for quite a long time maybe like at least two years before i gave it to my brother I know his phone number. I know everything about him. And I guess I just did it to like put a parameter around this person. Keep Yeah. Keep eyes on him. Yeah. And um, at the same time that this pandemic is happening, mm-hmm. uh, my brother, I'm talking to him about why I'm feeling like I need to go back to therapy because of this um problem that comes back to my head that like my kid is going to be sexually abused and Mm -hmm. i i know she's not well i know that i'm in a different position to where i'm her situation is a lot more protected than mine was and so i feel a lot more safe about it awareness like yeah no like gi joe says knowing's half the battle and like honestly this is part of like the reason why we're having this episode too Uh is because like knowing really is half the battle no like understanding that like just like knowledge is power but anyways continuing on (laughs) so i um i contacted my current therapist i had a therapist when halo was born that um is in the past i had a second therapist now i have this therapist and i talked to her about how i'm fixated on my kid being abused and i can't parent her if i'm fixated on this Mm -hmm. because that's like that's not healthy at the same there's, time there's really dark paths that can go down yeah 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 at the same time oh and then like my husband's like i just want you to know that i would never and i'm like spencer i know i yeah. know that like it's not about you it's definitely about me at the same time my brother's talking to me about trying to find his dad and i'm also working through problems in my life where i'm in contact with my dad and i am developing a relationship with my dad despite Mm -hmm. the awful things that i heard about him growing up right which is 
you're gonna have to figure out if any of those are true or not like right you're just gonna have to start from the bottom yep so i'm living a hypocritical lie denying my brother the same right right so I decide to tell him, Josh, I know where your dad is. But did I you know. tell him why you didn't tell him? Yeah. And I said, okay. the reason why I've kept this information from you is because I told him the whole story. Right. He um, was in disbelief. He's very skeptical of anything that comes out of my mom's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad, um, his dad denies it. Yeah, I mean, my dad and, denies and who it too. would who would admit it, right? If you were a pedophile. But honestly, that's some shit that like you can support. Like it's also like it's while it's happening to you, like while they're the ones doing it to you, it could be considered a traumatic experience that they want to like push down too. Sure. You know. So, I'm living in this life now. This is a year and a half later, a year later. Mm-hmm. And my brother's has a relationship with his dad. He's figuring it out. That's his right. And he should be able to do that. And that's what I encourage. But at the same time, he constantly gaslights me about my abuse. And he tells me, yeah. And he tells me, my dad said, that's not true. My dad said that your mom made it up. Our mom made it up. And I'm like telling him. Did you hold space for him when he came out like with his stuff? Yeah. Okay. So maybe, maybe mention that the next time. It it is painful because that, it's just like, be like, look, man, like I'm not lying about this. I get it. Maybe your dad doesn't remember. I remember I, what I remember. Yeah, I feel weird about it. I held space for you. I'm not asking yes. you to do anything. I'm not asking you to disown your dad. People yes. change. Obviously. I gave you this information <laughs> knowing what I know and well, told like, you, but I'm I'm saying I don't want contact with him, and he keeps pushing contact with me. I got a friend oh, the, request. Her dad, her dad, his dad keeps pushing contact with you? No, Josh does. And then oh. I got a friend request from his dad. And I was like, fuck you. You know why? That was like so tr- so out of bounds for me. Yeah, that was inappropriate. And then like he constantly is like, well, it can't be proven. And I'm like, Josh, just like. Well, it's like, I'm, I don't like, want. It's like I'm I not trying him, to get anyone in trouble here. Yes. It just it just is what it is. Yes, and, and I like told him recognition, so I can I to- move the fuck on. Yes, <laughs> I told him, I never want to hear out of your mouth that my sexual abuse mm-hmm. is invalid. Like you know where I've been true. for you, yeah. you can be in the same place for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to keep your kids away from their grandfather. That's your parenting decision. That's your right. But you're never going to hear me say that I would trust my kid around him. Right. And like people and people need to understand that like there is going to be, if you spend enough time with anyone, you guys are going to have trauma together, whether it's to each other or like with each other, you know what I mean? And like our whole lives, we've always had each other's backs. Right. And like, I've had to tell like my family before, like you don't get to decide how I feel about a situation that we were in together, that you were were perpetuator of. Like, I'm not mad at you. Mm -hmm. I'm not, trying to get you in trouble but it is what it is and i feel the way i do because of it yes <laughs> and you yeah don't get to tell me what yes anything about it yes so like go fuck yourself yes <laughs> statute of limitation says i can't do shit about it anyway but well, what i am like, saying you, is you like don't really do you want to like you don't want to do i you? don't give like, a fuck yeah anymore. it's just like whatever it is what it is but the fact of the matter is you're trying to address your trauma so you don't repeat these mistakes yes that's all yeah. And for people to be like, well, you're wrong. Well, da, 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 da. you're like, cool. So we're just going to add trauma on top of trauma. Seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, you, and at like, the same time, all this is happening. I'm getting shit from my cousin. I'm mm-hmm. getting shit from my aunt. Like 
all of these family relations that I'm I'm seeing them without rose colored glasses for what they truly mm-hmm. are. And I those those support systems are falling out of place. Right. And so like I am like knee deep in this therapy with Natalie Walsh in Sandy. She's a goddamn genius. Thank you very <laughs> much for all of your help. But she was like, hey, you have some trauma. Right. You would very much benefit from ketamine ketamine therapy. Mm -hmm. And I resisted it because, look, I'm already secretly doing weed. (laughs) I have no idea that I have ADHD. And I'm just like, that's honestly, I want to, um, after we're done with this, we'll, we'll talk a little, let's like, let's have it do a part two where we talk about suicide attempts and then ADHD and stuff. Okay. Um, let's, but like, I want to, I want to wrap this up, but I do want to say one of the hardest things about treating depression when you have ADHD is that nothing works. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're like fucking beating your head against a wall. <laughs> yes. So I understand you're like with the ketamine. So to talk about ketamine. So you were resistant at first. I, w- I was just hesitant to try because I didn't. Um, but yeah, so um, now it's 2021. I started doing ketamine therapy and um, it has helped a hell of a lot. So right now, all I'm doing is I intermittently take my ADHD medication because ADHD. Like and- Adderall, like, right? Do you have an Adderall prescription? Yeah. And then um, I am doing ketamine therapy, which lasts a long time. It's not like you're just doing it all the time. It's some sessions and they last longer and longer and longer. So I'm not doing it all the time. I imagine it's like shrooms, right? Like you can, you only do shrooms like once a month. It is a psychedelic. Yeah. 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 And then I am doing some weed and I do have a medical (laughs) card for it. So... So just so everyone knows. <laughs> just so everyone knows so you don't take away my kid. Yeah. Um, we're at a point now in Utah, though, and not a lot of people know this, that weed is just like it's a misdemeanor now. So, like, no the cops don't care about it. Unless they want to, like, really screw you over, they don't care about it. No one cares. Yeah. And also, I know that I'm Mexican, but I'm, like, a really white Mexican. So, like, <laughs> are they really going to do anything to me? No. And that is what systemic, systemic racism, racism is. Systemic racism is, yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I'm benefiting from it. Right. Okay. So uh, this is just because we're at a time crunch. We're going to go to a part two on this one. Uh, Part two will be suicidal attempts and just like we're kind of going to wrap up like feeling stuff, feelings and And drugs and ADHD and what that means to us. So uh, we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Is This the Place podcast is written, recorded and edited at Titan Tower Studios. Our theme song is by Bobby, and our cover art is by Jessica Sanchez. This is our story, as we see it. We believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. We have dedicated a lot of our time and talents, and we really appreciate your support. Maybe this isn't the place, but you are definitely the people making this possible. Thank you.